Tom spends time in prayer every morning before going to work. He takes a few minutes and reads his Bible and then he ponders what he's read. And then he prays through a very short list of requests. He asks God to give him wisdom for the day. And he prays for specific people by name, asking God to meet various needs that they have. Needs for employment, perhaps, or needs for healing in relationships, needs for physical healing. And he also prays for friends and co-workers who are spiritually lost and need Jesus. And then there's Jacob. Now, Jacob thinks about God a lot, but, but his prayer life, well, that's pretty inconsistent. If a problem crops up, he'll offer a short prayer and ask God for help, but that's about it. Larry is a very thankful person because he realizes that God has touched his life in all sorts of wonderful ways. However, the only time that Larry really talks to God is at meals when he offers a heartfelt prayer of thanks. Al struggles to pray because he feels like he doesn't know how. When he hears other people pray out loud at church or in his life group, he just finds it intimidating. And so even in those moments when he's all alone, and there's no other person around to listen, Al struggles. And he just can't seem to find the words to talk with a God that he cannot see. Now, I happen to know these stories because I know these men. And they were willing to tell me about their personal experiences of prayer. I have no doubts that there are many women whose stories are similar. And I think that such stories and others like them reveal the widely different ways that believers experience prayer. For some, prayer is a rich encounter with God. For many, though, prayer is a struggle. And I'll be honest with you, and I'll admit that, that I've struggled with prayer in many different seasons of my life. And yet now, in the midst of this pandemic, I sense God is inviting us to do something about that. Whether our prayer times are regular or irregular, whether our experience of prayer is full of richness or something of a struggle, maybe this is an opportunity for each of us to discover and embrace a new normal with prayer. Maybe we all can learn some new ways to pray that will help us connect more closely with God. And perhaps we'll inject a new level of energy into our prayers. This morning, we're going to talk about a way to bring the power of Scripture, the power of the living Word of God into our prayers. So we're going to take a look at a foundational Bible passage, and then we'll talk about what this means for your experience and my experience of prayer. First, listen to how the Apostle Paul summarizes the power of Scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 2, excuse me, chapter 3, verses 14 to 17. Paul says, But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, listen to this, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Paul tells us that the entire Bible is 
God breathed, which means that God himself inspired these words. He gave us personally these words of scripture. And whenever the Bible describes God as breathing, it's always in connection with giving life. In the book of Genesis, for example, God breathed the gift of life into humanity. Think about that. You and I are alive because God breathed. In a similar way, God breathed himself into this book we call the Bible. He breathed his spirit and his wisdom and his knowledge into the minds of different individuals who then wrote down what God prompted them to say. The Bible is a God-breathed book, which means it's a life-giving book. That's why the book of Hebrews tells us that the Bible is living and active powerful. The Bible is not a dead book of religious history. It is a God-breathed book of spiritual vitality, a book that continually can breathe new life into you and into me. And that new life starts when we get connected to Jesus. As Paul writes here to Timothy, the Bible gives us the wisdom we need to recognize that we're sinful people who are spiritually lost apart from Jesus. And the Bible points the way towards spiritual wholeness by telling us how to get right with God. So we confess to our sinful nature and we repent and express our desire to live differently. We acknowledge and believe that the death of Jesus on the cross took care of our sins and his resurrection proves that we too can experience new life. And we respond to God in faith through baptism where we experience our own death and resurrection. And as we do this, the Holy Spirit meets us and begins to change us. God takes away our sins and starts us down the path of new life. And we wouldn't know any of this without the wisdom of the Bible. So I'm thankful that God's living word can breathe new life into us through the gift of salvation. And I'm also thankful that it doesn't stop there. The same wise scriptures that lead us to salvation continue to lead us in the life of faith. Because, as Paul writes here, the Bible teaches us and rebukes us and corrects us. And, and this is so very important, the Bible offers us training in how to live as godly people. That last part is key, reminding us that the purpose of the Bible is not only to give us knowledge. God also wants to use the Bible to equip you and me for the life of faith. Well, how do we get equipped? Through training. Training. That's where we take the wisdom of the Bible. With the help of the Holy Spirit, we put that godly wisdom to use. And one area of life where the training of Scripture can pay great dividends is with prayer. Our loving God wants to communicate with us so the Bible can teach us and train us how to pray. Here's an example. The disciples of Jesus once came up to him and said, Lord, please teach us to pray. How did Jesus respond? Well, he didn't give them a lengthy lesson on the theology of prayer. He told them a few things to do and a few things not to do, and then he gave them an actual prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer. And it's an example of how to talk with God. 
You see, Jesus didn't want his followers to only learn about prayer. He wanted them to learn how to actually pray. And he did that through teaching and training. Training through example. Training by doing. Here, guys, take this prayer. Use it. And you'll learn some new things about how to pray. And guess what? The Lord's Prayer is not our only example. The Bible is filled with hundreds of prayers we can use as models. Remember what Paul wrote here to Timothy. The entire Bible has been breathed into existence by God. The entire Bible is useful for teaching and training. And this means that the prayers written in the Bible have been inspired by God. These Bible prayers can teach us how to pray. And as we use them, it means we're being trained by God himself how to pray. He's equipping us to communicate with him. I think there's great power in that. Power to enrich our experience of prayer by letting the power of the living word of God breathe new life into our prayers. So where do we find these Bible prayers? Well, we find a bunch of them in the book of Psalms. Now, Psalms officially is a book of hymns, but many of the Psalms are deeply personal prayers written by King David and then later set to music. And when we read David's prayers, we find that he rarely holds anything back from God. He talks with God openly about all kinds of different life situations. So he willingly brings up the good, the bad, and the ugly. We also find that David prays in all different kinds of moods. Yes, David actually shares his feelings with God. You see, one of the things we learn from Bible prayers is that praying is not just a mental exercise based on facts. Praying is talking with God, our Father. And he wants us to share with him whatever we think, whatever we experience, whatever we feel. Do you ever bring your feelings to God? David did. In fact, one student of Scripture has cataloged about 90 different emotions that are expressed in the book of Psalms. And so the prayers in the Psalms can teach us and train us how to share our own emotions with God. For example, David wrote Psalm 43 at a time when he was feeling abandoned by God. Could you possibly be feeling a bit abandoned right now? Many people certainly are during this very unsettling time of isolation. So why not use some of David's prayer and use it to express our own feelings to God like this? Here's a prayer based on just a few verses of Psalm 43. God, you are my stronghold, so why have you rejected me? Why must I go about in mourning? Why are you so downcast, my soul? Why are you so disturbed within me? Oh, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Now, I don't usually pray like this. I usually don't talk to my own soul, and I'll bet you don't either. Yet David did as he was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these words. So when I pray them, I pray in some new and different ways. When I embrace these words as my own, then I'm letting God equip me. 
I'm letting God give me further teaching and training in how to pray. And best of all, I am taking the living power of Scripture and I'm allowing God to use it to breathe life into my prayers as I talk with my Heavenly Father. Here's another example. In moments when I feel weak and fearful, I love to take verse 1 of Psalm 27 and offer it to God as my own personal prayer. Lord, you are my light and my salvation, so who will I fear? You are the stronghold of my life, so who will I be afraid of? Oh, there, there is so much richness in taking the prayers of Scripture and allowing them to help us express ourselves to God. Now, beyond the book of Psalms, we find many prayers in the New Testament. Prayers offered by Jesus and prayers offered by the Apostle Paul. As Paul wrote his letters of encouragement and instruction to believers, he often wrote out his prayers so that the people would know how he was praying for them. His prayers cover a lot of different topics and different issues. And God has given us these prayers, just like every other part of Scripture, for our teaching and our training. For example, in chapter 1 of Paul's letter to the believers in Philippi, he writes out a prayer in verses 9 to 11. It's a prayer for the believers to have spiritual discernment that will keep them on the right path. And when we, when we read this passage as scripture, we probably read it something like this. This is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now that's a great piece of scripture. It's a great prayer also. What would it look like if I made that my prayer? If I took that passage of scripture and made it my prayer for you, here's how I want to pray that prayer today. Oh Lord, this is my prayer for every person listening to this message, for every person who is part of our Garden Way family. I pray that your love would abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight so that you you may be able to discern what is best so that you may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. So that you, every one of you, may be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of our great God. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but I think there's great power in a prayer like that. I don't always pray with that kind of wisdom and insight and power. But I can when I use that Bible prayer because it's a prayer inspired by the Holy Spirit and birthed into life by the Apostle Paul and preserved here in the Bible to teach us and train us how to pray. You know what? Even though most of Paul's prayers, just like the one I just prayed, most of them are written for others. But there's nothing wrong with you and I using those prayers for ourselves personalizing them to us. And so I can take that same prayer in Philippians and pray that God would help my love to abound more and more, that God would give me discernment, that God would keep me blameless until Jesus returns. That is a rich and powerful way to pray for my own life of faith. 
And I deeply believe that when you and I embrace the prayers of the Bible, we're using the Bible as God intended. We're using it for more than just gaining knowledge. We're letting God use his inspired words to enrich our own experience of prayer. We are letting the power of God's living word fuel our prayers with greater vitality. That can be life-changing and it can transform our sense of connection with God our Father. Now, everyone in our church family has a different experience of prayer. And I know that some of you have very rich and fulfilling times of prayer and that some of you really struggle with prayer. Most of you probably are somewhere in between. But whatever your prayer life is like, I invite you to give Scripture prayer a try. Use the Bible to let God train you to pray in some new ways by taking prayers that he created and make them your own. Several years ago, a friend and I put together a little resource to help us do this. We took some of the scripture prayers of the New Testament and we copied them out on a sheet of paper. And then we tried to summarize the theme of the prayers to help us figure out the situations where they would be appropriate. And I want to share this resource with you, so I put a copy of it on the web. There's a link on the home worship page this morning where you can download this and print it out. And it's designed as a half sheet so you can fold it and keep it in your Bible for reference. It looks like this. Sheet of New Testament prayers, fold it, put it in your Bible. Several prayers with a reference at the top to kind of give you a theme as to how and where you can pray. And so on this sheet, you'll find prayers like this one. It's a simple prayer of encouragement for another believer and it comes from 2 Thessalonians. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and who by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, may he encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Why not take a prayer like that and offer it yourself on behalf of another follower of Jesus that you know? In fact, you even could text that prayer to them or email it to them or write it out in a note and say, I'm praying for you in this way. And you could offer that prayer on their behalf as a prayer of encouragement. And then there's this beautiful prayer of praise from the book of Jude. It's a prayer of praise for the God who spiritually protects us. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. That's a powerful prayer. A prayer very different from the kinds of prayers I usually pray. It's a prayer with great power because it's a prayer inspired by the living God. And he gives it to us so that your prayers and my prayers will be full of power, full of the power of God's living word. Let's let God's word transform and empower our prayers.